2: Listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.
3: In this hour of Fantasy Sports Today, we'll touch on some of the potential rookies that we could see come up over the next couple of weeks. We'll also hit on closers with Greg Jewett. Don't forget, we'll also play an interview with Fernando Tatis Jr. and talk about his fantasy value as Fantasy Sports Today. Hour number two starts now. I'd like to
4: talk a little bit about
3: sports.
2: Fantasy Sports Today. Well hit, Donald for
0: three. Puts
3: it in! Yelich and Bellinger, they just keep going, right? Yelich, Yelly and Belly. They did that commercial right before the All-Star game. And these guys are going to fight it out for the MVP of the league. They're going to fight it out for the batting title, the home run title, the RBI title. I don't know how close these guys are. I know they kind of made it seem like they kind of knew each other a little bit when they mic'd them up at the All-Star game. But you're looking at this epic battle, it looks like, between two players. They're just crushing fantasy. I cannot imagine if you ended up with both those guys on your team in fantasy. I mean, imagine that. Gray Albright, French well, good. Vanilla, butter pecan, chocolate deluxe, even caramel Sundays is getting touched. What, Rayquan? Yep. Little ice cream there from Gray Albright. Welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today, and this is our number two of our show as we take you all the way up until. 2 o'clock Eastern, and turn it over to Dr. Roto and Adam Ronis, our friends with full time fantasy. They got you covered in the late afternoon. We got games getting ready to start. We'll update you on those as well. Every day, the phone number to call this show is 844 843 6879. Again, 844 843 6879 at Craig Mish on Twitter. And uh, you can get in touch with us. Also, don't forget to vote on our You Make the Call. And uh, the, the question for today is, I think, an interesting one. As we give you the opportunity to vote for your official favorite kind of fantasy baseball league. And believe it or not, a lot of you are voting for uh, the head-to-head format. I think that's kind of the direction that we could be headed with, with fantasy baseball. It makes it much easier. You set your lineups at the beginning of the week. You don't have to play the whole thing out. You get to the end. The last couple of weeks, people make the playoffs. You don't have to concern yourself with setting lineups. I get it. I understand it for sure. You get to that point in the year and you've grinded it out for so long. Think about it now in terms of preparation and in terms of of the kind of leagues that you guys are playing in, just like me. My preparation for fantasy baseball starts basically in uh, February when spring training starts. So it's about a month and a half, two months, just like football. I think August is a is a good barometer for football and baseball. It's usually February, March. So if you consider from February to March, so that's uh, February to March, March to April, April to May, May to June, June to July, we're, we're five months in to this season, and we're not even done. Fantasy football season, you start, you're usually done by December. I mean, you're lucky to go to the playoffs, and at that point, there is no grind. You just set your lineup each week. So I understand the nature of it. And for those of you who were voting for head-to-head, I understand the uh, the nature of that too. But the bottom line is that we still have a long way to go and a short period of time to get there for sure, I know for a lot of you in your uh, in your fantasy leagues. Updating you on a couple of uh, the top stories in fantasy, Rosalie Glacius on paternity leave, get him out. Of your lineups for the weekend. In all likelihood you won't see him for a few days. Saves are obviously a premium this time of the year. But no Iglesias. He will be gone for a couple of days. Uh, Day off for Josh Bell today. Of the Pittsburgh Pirates. His July has not looked like his April, May and June. But do you care honestly? Really? He's had such a good first half. Does it matter what he does in the second half of the season? Probably not. So Josh Bell gets a day off. Texas Rangers, they got to sort things out with with some of their young kids, man. Sending that Willie Calhoun. Willie Calhoun's been good. But, you know, Nomar is just kind of sitting there. He hasn't lived up to his uh, potential. Rugnet Odor hasn't lived up to his, his potential. And yet, you could make the case the Rangers are one of the most surprising teams in baseball this year. Why? Because their pitching has been pretty good. And Lance Lynn has been good and Mike Miner's been good, and there's a report that Mike Miner could be traded. It's interesting that Texas, as good as they have played, sort of recognizes that they're still in the middle of what could be a two- or three-year rebuild. They're going into a new park next year, and it may be in their best interest to just say, you know what, can we go all in for a one-game playoff? Yeah, you could try, but then what if you don't get there? And I think that's kind of the... The thinking behind what Texas is doing. Is Texas as good as the Yankees? No. Are the Rangers as good as the Astros? No. Are they as good as the Twins? Probably not. How about the Red Sox? No. How about the Rays? No. So why fight this crazy fight for a one-gamer when there's a chance you can get bounced? I get it. I understand it. So I would look for them to make some uh, trades as well, potentially. Uh, also, we'll hear from Fernando Tatis Jr. He, uh, The Padres are in town, in my town, in Miami, where I live, South Florida. I live in Miami. I live north. But uh, close enough to where I call it, my town. And, uh, and I had a chance to catch up with him for a brief period yesterday. Normally, I like to make these interviews longer, but he had just done a, a long 5, 10, 20-minute interview with all of the media. So this was kind of a shorter one. But there was one takeaway, I thought, from the interview, which you guys may enjoy and we'll play that back for you coming up in about 15 minutes from now but as a reminder and we haven't done one today on the show this show can be heard on demand wherever you listen to podcasts so if you're listening live on fantasy sports make sure you download the FNTSY app or download the iHeartRadio app to listen live in addition to that Stitcher is a great app that has all kinds of podcasts there, including this one, just by typing in FST or Craig Mish, and then you can save it and subscribe to it. And then lastly, whether you use uh, Android or you use iTunes, make sure you like and subscribe to this. And then every day, immediately after the show, my producer Chris Pavona uploads the audio. It gets populated, and within a short period of time you go to your podcast app, and then boom, the entire show is there. Whether it's interviews, discussion, breakdown of anything going on in the world of fantasy sports, that's what we deliver to you. So with that, we'll take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to dive into some of the rookies on the farm report. I've got a Cardinal, a Marlin, a White Sox, and a Brave. So we'll update you on four players that I think three of which you could see as soon as September, but most likely most of these guys you will see next year. But we got to keep an eye on them. Rookies in fantasy, they go off, and we'll be right back after this quick break. Don't go away.
4: 100.com.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
3: All right, welcome back. This is Craig Mish here on Fantasy Sports Today. Great to be with you. And we're going to be here until uh, 2 o'clock every day of the week, including tomorrow, including Friday. I think that uh, we are... Really building this show. We're building it through you guys listening, starting to get some really good response from you guys in terms of suggestion. I can't say this enough as it pertains to this show. You guys control a lot of what I do. You guys control the content. It may not feel like that, and it may feel that we're making the decisions here, but we listen – And we respond, and what you guys choose is important to you for me to discuss. No question about it, I'm going to be doing that for you guys here on the show. No doubt about that. Coming up in about 10 minutes from now, Fernando Tatis Jr., also Greg Jewett, will join us here on the show. Let's check in on the farm, and let me give you a little bit of uh, my insight on who I think could come up, who may come up. And for me, there's an interesting player that I have some familiarity with, and uh, I don't I don't force myself and put myself upon you with the Marlins, but let me give you the numbers for Isan Diaz. He is their second baseman that's sitting in the PCL. Uh, Isan Diaz hitting 306 with a 398 on base percentage, 22 home runs, 61 runs driven in. And is on the verge of being called up by the Miami Marlins. I would say this will happen in the next month or less. And you could probably end up plugging him in because he's going to get a lot of playing time as soon as he does come up. Starlin Castro is there now. They're trying to move him. And hopefully they will by the 1st of August. If not, I don't know what they're going to do. But either way, that's a name to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, Nolan Gorman, the St. Louis Cardinals first round pick last year, has games in July of five runs driven in, three runs driven in, and three runs driven in. We're only halfway through the month. Uh, Gorman, in Palm Beach, which is their high A advanced class, in 22 games is hitting .267 with a three oh eight on base, three home runs, 13 RBIs. Overall, he's got 13 home runs 54 runs driven in. And I think that you're going to see Gorman in the big leagues maybe in two years, potentially. I don't know that you're going to see him next year, but I would say that he's on the fast track, and I would keep an eye on him in a keeper league. He'd be probably in my top 10 uh, players who are not in the the uh, big leagues, for sure. I'll tell you who may be number one in uh in all of the minor leagues in fantasy, and that's Luis Robert who hit another home run last night. This guy is having some year in uh in, in fantasy. This guy's in AAA batting four forty. Luis Robert in two thousand nineteen has nineteen home runs, sixty two runs driven in, thirty two stolen bases on base four oh nine, average three fifty six. He's incredible. He's been awesome. And uh the the you know, Cardinals are just in no rush to call him up. He's doing great, but the bottom line is, is that you're gonna see him next year. He's probably the best rookie going into the two thousand twenty season. Luis Robert. Here are his hit totals in, in July. First of all, he's gotten hit every day in July. One one two one three one two one two two. Uh hit every day in July in AAA. 440 batting average, 500 on base percentage. There's nobody better. It's just it, it's a it's a pretty simple proposition there. Let me give you uh, a pitcher, and uh, Kyle Muller is the name of a pitcher on the Atlanta Braves who seems to be getting closer uh, to the big leagues. He's in Double A right now, and here are his totals. He pitched last night, five innings pitched. He walked five, struck out five. Walks are kind of his issue right now, and not kind of. They are they are his issue. In fact, uh, in the last month, he's walked five batters three different times. And so the control is coming a little bit late for Muller. But in 100 innings, he struck out 110. He's made 19 starts. He even has a complete game. Doesn't give up a lot of home runs. Only five in 19 games. Ground ball, uh, low-end type guy, hard sinker. So keep an eye on Kyle Muller. I think that he could be a name in the future as well. So to recap our farm report, Gorman of the Cardinals, Diaz of the Marlins, Luis Robert of the White Sox, Kyle Muller of the Atlanta Braves. Those are some of the names I think to uh to to watch moving forward. There uh, unfortunately they you know, I love to kind of mix in some other talk about some of the other sports, but they're really just isn't a ton happening right now. And I feel like next week when training camps open, we'll have some football to discuss. Uh, Starting tomorrow, we'll have the British Open. But we've just basically at the time of the year where if you're not a baseball fan, there just isn't a lot for you to like. As an example, we talk so much about videos. What would you say the three – most popular things on the internet going on are right now, like the the trending topics that have nothing to do with sports. The first, without question, is what we talked about in the first hour of the show, which is this this uh, old face app. Now, uh, I have not downloaded the app. I'm afraid of downloading it. Now, I don't know, Chris. Have all the people at, at in uh, in the studio there in the pit? Have they downloaded the the uh, old man face app and posted it everywhere for everyone? Are they doing that? I haven't heard anything okay. about you that. You
2: know, what I'm going to ask live. Hey guys, has anyone downloaded the old man face app? No. No, no, we, no one's no. doing it. I actually work with smart people.
3: Okay. Well, here's here's the the uh ABC News just put out a report on Twitter basically saying basically warning people and not just telling people this is what's going on, but now warning people that anybody that's downloaded the app is immediately giving up all of their pictures, and under the terms and conditions, they can give up uh, your your account information, because it's made in Russia. Why, why would anybody choose to do this for for a, uh, a photo? I have no idea. So here is my advice to you. Rather than downloading this app, find some silly person who downloaded it, Before you had the chance, and just take the pictures with their phone or ask them to do it for you. But don't do it on your own. I I personally like to keep a lot of my personal information at bay. Like I said, I don't have Facebook, I don't have Instagram. All I have is Twitter, and then of course, email and phone like everybody else does. Be careful out there, guys. So that's the first, that's like the first hot trending topic. The second one is this guy who walked into a bagel place last week and now is posting pictures with all the girls that he's getting because he was trending. This is just a wacky world we live in, this bagel boss guy. And then the other video that seems to be making the rounds, and this is two weeks in a row, is LeBron James at his house. I guess he does Taco Tuesday every week. In fact, at Marlins Park, they had Taco Tuesday last night. But but he does Taco Tuesday every week, and he invited Anthony Davis to his house and posted a video on Instagram. That's how slow it is in the month of July in the world of sports. <laughs> that <laughs> is just the truth, for sure. All right, coming up next here on the show, we pick it up a little bit and get back to the topics that you guys want to talk about, which, of course, is fantasy baseball. And one of the things that I have done through the years is try and bring you guys into the clubhouse in the world of reality, in the world of fantasy, and allow you to get a little bit of a taste as to what it's like for these players who uh, play the game every day, are aware that fantasy exists, and how they really feel about it. Coming up next, you'll hear from one of those guys. That's Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres. I spoke to him yesterday at Marlins Park. Immediately after that, we'll bring in Greg Jewett of Fantasy Alarm. There are going to be a lot of trades where a lot of closers are going to be moved and some save opportunities are going to come from players that aren't currently getting the ninth inning on their teams right now. That's what's coming up next year on Fantasy Sports Today. I'm Craig Mish, and we'll be back in just a couple of minutes as we break down everything going on in our world of sports and fantasy, including a conversation with Fernando Tatis Jr. Don't go away.
0: I feel better. I have more energy. I walk 12 miles a day. I feel great. It
2: changed my life. It really has. It's really incredible.
4: Guys, if you'd like to lose belly fat, gain energy, and feel great, try Andro 400, the safe, natural, and affordable way to boost your testosterone. Go to andro400.com or call 888-400-0435. 888-400-0435. the morning after
2: another thing that I find annoying I don't know about you but I don't watch the World Series of Poker do you watch it I hate it I I hate it I hate the people at the table I hate them all you will not find bigger low life untrustworthy disloyal scumbags than the poker world Weekdays, 9 a.m. Eastern on FNTSY Radio and on your popular podcast providers. Fantasy Sports Today with
3: Craig Mish. All right, welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish back with you here on the show. Who wants to take home a million dollars playing daily fantasy golf in the 2019 British Open? Become the eighth daily roto lineup optimizer user to win a million dollars in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or. Become one of the countless number of people who have won thousands of dollars playing DFS. If you are playing DFS golf and not using dailyroto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount and see for yourself how you can unleash the unbelievable power of Daily Roto's relationship with Data Golf. That's 10% using promo code FNTSY when you sign up at dailyroto.com. For the Daily Roto Fantasy Golf Premium Product. It is almost tee time. Get your 10% discount today. Masters do start tomorrow. So uh, if you want to get in on that, you're going to have to start immediately. And uh, welcome back to the show. The uh, games are underway in the National League. Mets and Twins delayed by rain. So they're going to start at, it looks like, about 140. Eastern, uh, looks like that. I mean, I don't know what the weather it seems like. It should be okay there to get that game in, but I'm not seeing anything to say that it's not here. As I as I take a look at it, it seems like it's going to be okay. All right, so uh, we'll update you on that game in just a little bit. Pirates and Cardinals are underway right now at Bush Stadium in St. Louis, and the Pirates are already on the board with a home run. Starling Marte has homered off Daniel Ponce de Leon. Marte's 16th of the season. He also has 52 runs driven in. I told you that funny story about him getting hit yesterday and not wanting to go to first. He struggled over the last uh, few games or so, but Marte on the season now 16 home runs and 13 steals. So on pace for a 2020 season, that certainly is good news for him. Braves and Brewers coming your way at 210 Eastern. Reds and Cubs, 210 Eastern. Rest of the games will start later today. One of the games that's going to start. At 7.05 Eastern tonight, 7.10 Eastern tonight, is in Miami. I'll be there yet again. It is the fun part of following baseball and watching some of your favorite players. The guy to keep an eye on, without a doubt, Fernando Tatis Jr. And I had a chance to catch up with him yesterday at Marlins Park. Uh, What are your thoughts uh, coming to South Florida? This is your first time, I I believe, playing here. Um, New stadium, it's always must be interesting to see new places. Uh, Yeah, for sure. You know, especially in Miami, it's a special town for me. I have family out here, and uh, I kind of, you know, come, I visit a lot out here. Who in your family, by the way, is here? If you don't mind me asking. Um, Everybody, mom, dad, brothers, cousins, a lot of people out here. So it's a special feeling to come here. It must be a special feeling so far this season. It's been a lot of fun for you, and it's been really fun to watch you as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, I'm just happy I'm here and doing the thing I'm doing, and just hopefully I keep doing the job. What if uh, coaching staff tell you things you maybe need to work on, be better at? I mean, everybody has. Something, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I just pay attention on everything. You know, I'm a, I think I'm a all around player, so I just dedicate time on, on every special area. Do you think that it, at some point? And people always ask questions about how many stolen bases guys could have. Do you ever put a limit on how many you could possibly have? Because some people see 30, 40, 50. Stolen bases aren't really something that people are doing anymore. Yeah, uh, you know, just, it's just part of my game. And every time I have a chance, they're just trying to get it. But, you know, they're really paying attention to me out there. And uh, I'm just trying to do my job. Thank you. All right, that's Fernando Tatis Jr. of the San Diego Padres. And so far on the season... It's important to note that Tatis has been a great base stealer. In fact, in 17 attempts, he's got 14 steals, but we'll have to keep an eye on that now in the last 65 or so games that he plays because if teams are going to really start noticing his tendencies and how he tries to steal bases, I don't know that he'll be able to have that same kind of success. But either way, Tatis looks like a bona fide 20 home run, 20 steal guy in fantasy. And that in every 12 or 15 team league is a second round pick without a doubt. So far this season, he basically, he's just, he's crushed it. I, I, what, what else can you say? 333 batting average, 399 on base. If Pete Alonso wasn't having the year he's having, Tatis would be rookie of the year. In 59 games, he has... 14 home runs and five triples, nine doubles, 28 extra base hits in 59 games. That's a pace for like 70 over 162 games. So certainly he has been fantastic. The Padres definitely made the right call by having him up at the beginning of the season. It's just that it didn't really help us because we thought that he'd start the season in the minor leagues. But very quickly, he proved that not only can he be in the big leagues, but he could play an elite level. And the other thing that he does that doesn't really count for steals for people who haven't noticed this potentially as much is what Tatis does is sometimes when there's a base hit and he's on first, he tries to score all the way from first, not even on a double. And sometimes on sacrifice flies to the outfield, he tries to score from home. When he's standing there on second base, those are the kind of things that we just, that aggressiveness, we haven't seen that often in baseball. And that's why he can potentially make the game more exciting. And And this game could use more excitement. There is no uh, no doubt about that. That's that's part of, of what they're trying to do in baseball when they have this whole let the kids play. It's one thing to say. It's, it's another thing to actually carry it out. Mark Gonzalez on Twitter, who covers the Chicago Cubs, says that Cole Hamels uh, finally threw a bullpen session. Everything went smooth. There's a chance he can be back in the Cubs rotation in August, and he is uh, looks like he's going to end up missing a month with an oblique strain. The Cubs are one of those teams that you're not really sure what they're going to do at the, uh, at the trade deadline. I'm, I'm kind of curious about that. I feel like the Cubs are good enough to get in the postseason. But the idea of them winning it all with this team that's constructed is very iffy. They certainly could win the division. They've shown that. They're up enough games in the division that if they can just hang on, they can get there. I just don't see them being a strong contender. And then you you wonder to yourself, is this the end of the line for their manager, Joe Madden? Is making the postseason good enough for the Cubs? If they make it and they get bounced in the first round, is that acceptable to their fans? is that acceptable to Theo Epstein and company and I, I don't I don't know the answer to that or else they would have extended them because they've made the postseason a couple of times in a row here after even winning the World Series they made the postseason they just didn't get to the World Series and I think that's uh that's that's why it's just so difficult to repeat in any sport once you win, it's hard to get back there again. And indeed, that uh, becomes a problem. The other thing, away from sports, that seems to be interesting for me, is we're starting to get, and I'm starting to get uh, emails. And and again, this is coming off my pseudo work and pseudo vacation in New York, but I'm starting to get emails about this uh, Star Wars galaxy that's going to be happening in in uh, Los Angeles at Disneyland, and then inevitably here where I live, uh, close, I live three hours, but three hours away from uh, from Orlando at Disney World. And and you know something? I want to go. This is going to be something that's going to be on my mind, but there's just no possible way that I can fork out the kind of dough and spend the kind of time sweating my you-know-what off in Orlando in, uh, in August and September. Now, I think that... The one in Disneyland's open now, and the one in Orlando is going to open up in October. So that makes me feel a little bit better if we go for, like, the holiday time and the weather is a little bit better. Okay, good. So now, Chris, are, are you a Disney guy? Is that something that you do? I know that you've, you have oh, yes, family that I live have. in the West Coast. Oh, so how many times have you been in the last two years?
2: Um, In the last two years, I've been twice. That's not a lot. That's that's like once a well, year. Well, I mean, for fine. someone who lives up in New York, that's,
3: that's true. A that's a, that's a good point. You've been as much as me. Yeah, yeah you've been as much as me. It, so, do you have do you have interest in the Star Wars thing or oh, no?
2: Absolutely, but I want to wait until like it kind of it. I, I want to wait until like the the big crowds get away from it. You know.
3: Yeah, I would expect October to be probably insane. And then after that, it should calm down. Although December will be nuts too. I don't know. I'm gonna have to see what the attractions are, and and what the waiting is like. For me, there's just that's that's the hard part.
2: Well, the best part about it is that with everything going on with Star Wars Galaxy Edge, you can go to other parts of the park or even other parks, and they're not going to be as crowded.
3: Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point too. But I've been I've done Disney. So I, look, I have a twelve year old daughter. And a seven-year-old son. My daughter has been to Disney minimum, I, mean, I I would probably say seven or eight times already. And she's only 12. My son has been at least three times. Oh, Craig, so I understand. I have I'm a 39-year-old that, old brother. Well, there you go. Same thing. That and Wu-Tang. Disney World and Wu-Tang. That's uh, the, the two hot topics of the show today. All right. Coming up next, we're going to dive into the closers. In Fantasy Baseball, Greg Jewett from Fantasy Alarm is going to join us here on the show. And then what we'll do is we will have some exit velocity. We'll tell you how you guys voted and are you make the call. And full-time fantasy talking, I believe, exclusively football coming up at the top of the hour, 2 o'clock. And then Gabe Morancy comes along and helps you win some money with game time decisions. We'll be right back here tomorrow for the Thursday edition of Fantasy Sports Today and then close out the week on Friday. Uh, next week's show should be a lot of fun. We're going to be doing a lot of trade deadline and a lot of fantasy trade deadline material as we close out the month of July. And then, believe it or not, training camps open up next Friday in the NFL, preseason games a few days later. And then we'll uh, dive into our NFL season here on Fantasy Sports today. So we'll take a quick time out. Don't go away. More Fantasy Sports today coming up. I'm Craig Bish. Don't go away.
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
3: talking to Anthony Adiano. And- Guys
2: like Ken Giles, you know, if they end up going to a team like the Nationals, the Dodgers, where, where a closer is already in place, you know, they can lose a tremendous uh, amount of, val- of uh, value. Alex Colomay with the White Sox, Shane Green with Detroit. All of these closers on non-players teams can very easily
1: end up somewhere where they're no longer closers. Those players make me nervous.
3: All right, welcome back. This is Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish with you. And that was the voice of Anthony Aniano yesterday here on the show. Uh, This is the voice coming up of Greg Jewett, who you can follow on Twitter, at G-J-E-W-E-T-T-9, who joins us uh, from New York to talk a little closers. And I know that Greg's getting ready to go on a little hockey trip. So, uh, Greg, thank you for being on the show with me today. And let's get right to the closers. How are you?
1: I'm all right. Thank you. Yeah, let's let's get to it. It's going to be a wild trade deadline.
3: Yeah, that that, that is for sure. So, um, uh, look, I know that in this day and age, Greg, it is so hard to pinpoint who's going to end up going where. But I could make the case that with no August 31st trade deadline, the most impacted position in all of fantasy for our purposes for playing baseball is going to be that ninth inning. So from your perspective uh, in leagues that you play in and you're on top of every closing situation and how do you approach it from the saves category? If you're playing in a rotisserie league.
1: Um, I think right now, and if you heard that lead in Anthony touched on a bunch of guys that could be moved. So if you own any of them, you're looking to get what you hope to be is the next in line. Um, most teams are not going to be dealing a, a closer to be back to somebody to get one. So um, like if I own Al Calame, I'm trying to add Aaron Bummer to my roster. Um, we assume if Green goes, it's going to be Joe Jimenez. And then all of a sudden they brought up Rosenthal. He still threw a couple of wild pitches the other day, but that that's another name of intrigue that's entered the, uh, the radar in Detroit. So, you know, I, I own Ken Giles. You know, I still think they're going to trade Hudson as well because he's only on a one-year deal, which is really going to, deplete that bullpen. David Phelps has two holds in the last three days, and they also said Justin Schaefer was going to get the save chance if it was provided on Sunday. So those are just names you need to kind of tuck away, and if you have the bench space, you're trying to put them in there so you're not burning FOD money if anybody has any left.
3: Yeah, it's it's hard because you have to save that money for potential trades. Uh, Greg, I asked this question on Twitter the other day about players that have the ninth-inning role that could get traded and still keep the ninth-inning role. Uh, For me, I don't see a ton of those possibilities. I suppose maybe if somebody went to Minnesota, there would be a chance of that happening. Boston, there could be a chance of that happening. Which players, or is it just destinations, do you think, that if a player ended up in that he could still continue to get his save opportunities?
1: I think destination is going to be the key role. I I know Will Smith had a tough couple of games here out of the break, but he he converted 23 straight saves in the first half. Um, depending on where he lands, he could be the closer. And and there's all kinds of monkey wrenches here because the Dodgers really need to firm up that bullpen. And Kenley Jansen has said openly that he doesn't want to share the ninth inning with anybody. And they've been very loyal to him, but he's really not been the pitcher he's been in the past. You know, if they traded for a Will Smith, say, in division, and they give up, a good package to get him because you're going to have to pay more to get a divisional pitcher. I mean, I think Will Smith would be better suited for the ninth inning than Jansen. But again, as you said, I think the destination really determines it. I think wherever Ken Giles ends up, unless it's in Minnesota in a shared role, they love Taylor Rogers, but he gets a lot of two-inning saves already five this year. So they need a right-handed compliment to him, and Giles would actually fit that well since he doesn't want to work or hasn't been able to show him the capability to work back-to-back in this season.
3: Yeah, I mean, my worry, Greg, with, uh, with Giles uh, specifically is kind of twofold. I have him, too, in, in almost every league. Uh, my first concern is obviously he's hurt, and so <laughs> him being hurt doesn't really uh, you know, have him go somewhere else. The other thing for me is that, uh, you know, Greg, he's had that opportunity on really good team like Houston and couldn't come through. So, yeah. I mean, I mean, would you feel comfortable? I, I mean, if I was Boston, I would not feel comfortable in acquiring Ken Giles unless I knew he was going to pitch in the 7th or 8th inning. The reason why I think he's had so much success is because Toronto's really not playing for anything. And I'm sorry, it's just the reality of of his situation. I don't know if you agree or disagree.
1: No, I agree. I know he he pitched himself out of a perfect place in Houston, and we've seen how they've been able to groom people and, and salvage Ryan Presley's career and everything else, you know, with a team that analystically analysis savvy and everything else, he he did not do well there. I think things just kind of got to him. I think Minnesota would actually be an ideal spot because he wouldn't have to be the full-time closer. He could kind of, again, like I said, work in that shared role, get it, get a save when Rodgers does two innings the day before. I also think he would do okay in Milwaukee. It's not as high pressure of an area. Josh Hader's kind of the head of that bullpen. He would just be a a spot in guy like Jeremy Jeffers was, almost like the, Batman to his, uh, the Robin to his Batman situation that they worked so well to ride into the playoffs last year. I, I think those would be probably the two best places for Giles to end up.
3: Greg Jewett is with us from the Fantasy Alarm as we're talking about relievers and closers. Um, there are also some teams that are kind of on the fence trying to figure out what they're going to do. You mentioned one in San Francisco. I suppose that they understand that they're not going anywhere, but they have been very competitive. Uh, What about Iglesias on the Cincinnati Reds? I feel like this is the third year in a row, Greg, that we're going to the trade deadline and and even into an offseason that we're talking about Iglesias, who has pitched at a very high level, uh, (laughs) difficult to, to foresee him facing the Yankees several times or facing the Red Sox several times, Greg. They got all those right-handed hitters, Betts, J.D. Martinez, Aaron Judge, if Stanton never comes back, Gary Sanchez. You know, it's, there's a lot of righties there. Is there a fit somewhere else for Iglesias? Is it the Dodgers, or does he just end up staying with the Reds and they ride this thing?
1: I think the Reds are going to ride it out. As a matter of fact, I believe they quoted to The Athletic that they were going to be looking to buy it at the deadline. They've got Alex Wood possibly coming off of uh, rehab soon to re-enter the rotation. I... Don't know that the Reds would sell. You know, it's tough. He he got the loss last night, but that was his third straight game. And the day before, he pitched one, one and two thirds innings. I mean, they're really riding him hard. He has converted eleven his last eleven saves, but he also has the eight losses. I I just think Iglesias is one of those guys that's kind of up and down. And you ride the hot streaks and hope when he scuffles, it's not too bad. So a solo home run at Schwarber yesterday, kind of was his downfall, but we'll see what happens. But, yeah, if he goes to a team uh, in Boston or New York, he definitely will not be getting saves in either of those bullpens, I don't believe, especially with Boston pushing Evaldi.
3: Greg, one of the big surprises off the wire this season, no question about it, uh, in terms of leading in saves, uh, nobody drafted Luke Jackson in any fantasy league. That's a fact. He has (laughs) 17 saves now. In fact, if you look back in March and you looked at anybody's rankings, including yours and mine too, it would have been Viscaino and Minter 1 and 2. I don't even know where Jackson would have been. Maybe 5, 6 down on the pecking order. But he's gotten the saves, 17 of them. He's done a pretty good job. If you're a Jackson owner right now, are you feeling squeamish with the Braves potentially going out there and getting somebody else? Or do you have enough faith that you think that even if the Braves got someone, that Jackson would be somewhat in a shared situation? Because he has delivered as much fantasy value from that saves uh, category as any pitcher off the wire this year.
1: Yeah, that's correct. My my, uh, Roto-Wire OC team appreciates the saves that he's got because I got him for fairly cheap, and and before he really got the closer to roll, I stashed him a week early, Um, so that was a great great stroke of luck in, in that instance. I think the only closer that would make us worry, because Atlanta does have a stock system and they match up very well with San Francisco, if they decided they wanted Will Smith, I would think he'd get the majority with Jackson still. Uh, cleaning up, uh, depending on the matchups, but that would be the only one, really, right now on the wire that would make me very squeamish as far as being a uh, an owner of him. So we'll have to see what what happens and all of that.
3: All right, uh, Greg Jewett is with us from Fantasy Alarm with the closer chart, and uh, they do a great job over there. Uh, let me throw one more at you, actually two, but you know more or less along the same lines. It feels like Greg, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like there is a chance that both the Rockies and Diamondbacks sell. They're both under 500. No, neither of those teams are catching the Dodgers, and I think they're in line more lines of the uh, of the Diamondbacks understanding where they're at. I know the Rockies want to be in it. I just don't know that they have enough to do it. Uh, mm-hmm. Greg Greg Holland is he somebody that you would be concerned with being on the move? Uh, Wade Davis still has a contract, of course. But, uh, you know, certainly there would be a chance that Wade Davis could go somewhere else if the Rockies decided to change opinions there. What do you make of those two guys?
1: Yeah, Davis has been rough this year. I mean, just when it seemed like we could trust him, he had the implosion last night. I think his whip is right now at 1.69 with his ERA over six. I mean, Scott Oberg has been, over the last 365 days, it's not even close. Oberg has been a much better pitcher between those two, but they're trying to use him as the effector, kind of in the highest-leverage spots. Uh, in the start of the second half. If the Rockies moved, I would love for Oberg to take over that role because I think he would do very well. He even has an ERA below two in course field this year, which is probably next to a miracle the way that field's been playing um, if you're a Holland owner, you're definitely nervous because he's on a one-year deal, and I agree with you. I think the Diamondbacks realize that they need to sell. They just don't have the arms in rotation to make a run, at the, a serious run at the wild card, and we all know no one's catching the Dodgers. So Holland could go. I'm curious to see if they will turn over the role. Johan Lopez escaped the base of load situation last night created by Yoshihisha Harano. So he could be a name that might get a look in the second half, and they might as well find out if he can close and know what they've got in Lopez going into 2020.
3: All right. Well, uh, thanks so much, Greg, for coming on the show. Tell us real quick uh, what goes on with the closer chart over at Fantasy Alarm. I know you always give great information, but wrap that up for me if you wouldn't mind.
1: Um, Matt Salton and I developed a metric that kind of rates all of the high leverage stuff, and it bakes all of those things in with some of the good stuff on FanGraphs, and we grade out the guys. and And it's funny because when we did it. Uh, the top five presently are Scott Oberg, Liam Hendricks, Kirby Yates, Taylor Rogers, and Josh Hader. And only one of them was really taken in the top ten of closers this season. It's just been a volatile, volatile year.
3: Greg, thanks so much. Have a great trip. We'll catch up soon, okay?
1: Thank you so much, Craig. You too.
3: All right, Greg Jewett with us. Make sure you follow him and Mastels, who come on the show very often and Fantasy Alarm doing some fantastic things. Uh, I got to get ready for this trade deadline and make sure I got my saves and I got my closers all in check. And so if you go to Greg's Twitter handle at G-J-E-W-E-T-T-9, you can uh, log in, get all your information there, and then uh, come trade deadline, we'll figure out who's going to end up getting saves for all these different teams. I'm looking forward to that for sure. Well, as you guys know, what we do at the end of every show is called the little Exit Velocity. And what we'll do is we'll take a look at our question of the day on You Make the Call. And we'll give you the answer. And I'll pop off about it for about a minute before we get out of here. But before we do that, I want to remind you and let you know, you can hear my show every day live from 12 to 2 Eastern. But if you are busy, like most of the world is, make sure you download the iTunes app as well as the FNTSY radio app. We populate these shows immediately after they're over. And you can download, like, and subscribe to them. I can't emphasize this enough. If I could do two hours on this, I would do it. Make sure that if you are listening on iTunes to like, subscribe, and rate this show. So therefore, in our research and development, we can see specifically how many people are listening at any given time. Now, unlike the Russian app where they make your face old, we don't have any of your information. We're just simply looking for results feedback and a better understanding as to how you guys are consuming our content here at the Fantasy Sports Radio Network coming up next it's time for Little Exit Velocity Don't Go Away our hot topic of the day on this Wednesday that's next is it Wu-Tang? is it Disney? is it Fantasy Baseball? you'll just have to stay tuned to find out I'm Craig Mish and we'll be back with more in just a couple of minutes don't go away
2: Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish.
3: All right, welcome back. You know what time it is, folks. It is time to end up this show. And I cannot wait to be back here tomorrow and give you guys more details on everything that we have going on in the future. It's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of fantasy discussion. I want to make sure that you guys stay tuned every single day here on the show. And basically what we do is to end the program every day, we end with what we call Exit Velocity. So let's get that started right now. I
1: feel the need, the need for speed.
2: Exit Velocity.
1: Nice Velocity.
3: All right, we end the show with a little Exit Velocity and uh, your poll of the day, I call it your poll because you guys get a chance to vote. And every day you can go to our poll, FNTSY Radio on Twitter. And today what we did is we asked you guys, point blank, what kind of fantasy baseball league that you guys want to play in. If you do play fantasy baseball, and it seems pretty clear at this point that a lot of you like to play in head-to-head points leagues. And that ends up winning the vote today. 50% of you voted for that over rotisserie and head-to-head. And simply put, I got no problem with that. However you guys want to play fantasy in any sport, I'm good with. I don't condemn it. I don't say this league stinks or, or it's bad. Or I mean, I'll tell you when I think something is a bad idea. But however you have fun playing, gambling, watching sports, playing sports, whether it's physically or even in fantasy, I am good with that. So if it's head-to-head points that you guys want to play in, so be it. Enjoy your leagues. And maybe next year... When we pop back on the air for fantasy baseball season, we'll have a listener league and maybe we'll even do a head-to-head points league. That is for sure. And indeed, our show comes to an end here on this Wednesday. I want to thank everybody for listening and everybody for chiming in, certainly with their opinions. Thanks again to uh, Chris Bavona for producing the show today. Thanks to Fernando Tatis Jr. for doing the interview with me earlier. Also, Gray Albright was on this program Uh, with our three up, three down, as he always is on Wednesday. In addition to that, Greg Jewett came on and gave you the best of his opinion in terms of fantasy from the closer position. I think we covered it all on this Wednesday, and we'll be back tomorrow with another two-hour edition of the show. Full-time fantasy is next. I hope you guys have a great Wednesday, and I'll speak to you tomorrow. See ya.